Podcast Studios. This, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now. Oh, hello. Welcome back, Kat. Thank you. How are you? Good, good, good. You want to talk about why you weren't here yesterday? Yeah, or do you? Yeah. Is it hard? Because I can't imagine what I'd be going through if yeah. you were going, if I were going through what you're going through. I mean, the situation has been really hard, but I will say yesterday was uh, surprisingly to me, I'll be honest, like surprisingly to me went really well. Um, so I'll, I'll fill you guys in. Longtime listeners, you know that we have uh, a dog, Leo. He's 12, almost 12 and a half at this point. He's a 12-year-old Australian Shepherd, and we've had him since he was a puppy, and he's most definitely a part of our family, and uh, he's such a good dog, incredible pup, uh, and healthy all the way through up until recently. And it was a couple of weeks ago that he had a seizure, and we had never experienced anything like this before, so obviously a very scary situation. And at the time I called my vet's office and my vet was on vacation, of course. So I'm like, okay, well, I got to see somebody else. So we did, and uh, we had to get medication. He needed medical intervention ASAP. He had started to get multiple seizures the one day, um, just one after the other after the other. It was horrible, just horrible. And they knock you out. Um, for those who aren't familiar with with seizures, I'll just tell you in short how I was explained um, to it because it's new to me. I, I don't have anyone in my, in my life, humans, who've had seizures before, and this is definitely new that, that Leo started getting seizures. But how they basically phrase it is a seizure in kind of like the same way a fever is not the actual illness, right? If you have a fever, your body is fighting something else. The fever is just what's happening. Right. right? It's a byproduct. A reaction. Of the infection or whatever it's it is. It's a reaction is yeah. what it is to whatever your body is going through. Seizures are similar um, with something that your body is struggling with, and it's just a reaction. So the key is to get to the bottom of why, right? Why is this happening? And because we can't say he's never, he didn't, have epilepsy, right? Usually if there's lots of dogs out there that have epilepsy and people, of course, too, right? Who figure that out at a young age, they live with epilepsy. This was so new that uh, a lot of the experts that we had dealing with this situation, which included two vets and a neurosurgeon, all agreed it was likely neurological. So yesterday we met with the fabulous people, by the way, at the Mississauga Oakville Veterinary uh, Emergency Hospital. That's I've been are. there. They really are good. You've been there before? Yeah. yeah. I have. Well, uh, I think a lot of people have because they're one of the few that's open for emergencies and open late. Yep. They're 24 7. Um, and yes, the staff is is excellent there. And we had an appointment. I had to miss the whole day, basically, because it was a whole day situation. They needed to um, bring him in, examine him, and then figure out the course of action, which ended up being an MRI, definitely necessary to make, if we wanted to see, right? I mean, it was our choice. Do you want to know what's happening or do you not? And of course, the answer for me was crystal clear. Of course, I want to know what's happening. I want to know what's going on with the guy. So yeah, so that's why I had to take the day yesterday. And uh, in case you're curious, we we went through with the MRI. And right away, they were able to get the results of the MRI because everybody is right there. And they were clear. So we know it's not any uh, any visible, you know, brain tumor, lesion, anything that you can imagine around the brain, which is actually the first thing that, again, three professional professionals assumed it was going into it. They all went, oh, okay, it's not that uh, because he's an old he's an old dude, right? He's an old dude. That's usually the go to, I suppose. So we did have a couple more tests done and if we won't get those lab results for the next couple of days because they do, again, have to go through a lab. Um, but we're hoping to at least be cleared of that. It's not 100% clear that it's not cancer. There's still a chance of uh, lymphoma, which doesn't show up in mass. 
but anyway, we'll find out the results of that. But the good news is there's nothing visible there that makes us think like this is doom and gloom. Like he only had like he's a ticking time bomb, essentially. Um, so he, he's on the right medication. It's been working wondrously, um, almost zero seizures. I think there was one seizure, um, since that ordeal happened on this medication for like a solid week. So we're hopeful there. Everybody's good. The, the poor guy was so exhausted at the end of the day. And so were we just kind of going in and out of appointments and waiting on this and waiting on that. Uh, but finally got home last night, I think six o'clock, the fucking traffic. Can we talk about the traffic for a second? Holy shit. If you commute from the Mississauga area into the Kitchener-Waterloo area, how the fuck do you do that every day? It's a gong show. Like, I mean, it took what would have been, I think, a 40-minute drive, two hours, easily. Wow. It was a horror. And that was no ac- there was no accidents. That was just traffic. It was awful. But anyway, so nonetheless, it was a long, a long day. But the good news is we are, we are hopeful that our boy will be sticking around for a little bit longer. And we're learning to live with what they're calling reactive epilepsy is what it's the, we're waiting to make sure that's the official diagnosis, but we are working off of that at the, at this time. So it's, yeah, it is interesting. It's, it's very interesting. Are there treatment options for reactive epilepsy? Would it be a like medication? Well, he's medicated. Or? Yes, okay. absolutely. It is a medication because what you want to do, especially with seizures, because it messes with your brain, right? Seizures mess with the brain. So what you want to do is try to prolong time in between those seizures as much as you possibly can. And that's what this medication has been doing. He went from having like six seizures in, in 30 hours or something ridiculous at one point. Once we got him medicated, like I said, I think he he had one um, he has very quiet seizures, so it's really hard to tell. There's, but there's certain things that happen after the fact that that let us know. Okay, he had a seizure, especially when they're when they're extremely exhausted. Uh, but I think about all the people that have to deal with that in, for humans in their lives, and I feel for you. You know, there's kids who are epileptic, who, and then parents having to watch that. Like, holy shit, it really puts things in perspective. But a long, very expensive day later, I do <laughs> actually feel so much better than I did yesterday. Okay. Um, when it comes to vets and, and you said expensive, I'm not going to ask you how much it costs, but one thing I will say about vets is vets are so different from doctors. Doctors, you just go to the doctor and and they've got their Hippocratic oath and they'll take care of you regardless of your ability to pay or who you are or whatever. It's good. Vets are different, right? You don't want to pay. All right, well go somewhere else or let them die. Like that's basically the way it comes down to it. It very much operates like a business and I've always felt the thing, the process very, very cold, yeah. especially the financial transaction part of it. I, I almost feel like there should be a better way. Like just, uh, I'm going to come in and prepay because I don't want to deal with money after I just had my dog put down or something like that. And let me tell you, like a, a part of the, the reason why I'm glad we're talking about it is because it is a reality. I mean, we were waiting in there, like I said, in between appointments, we were able to leave because once we, he had to be sedated for the MRI, because as you can imagine, dogs don't like to sit still for like an hour and a half. So he had to be sedated for, for that and a couple other tests that they had done in x-rays and things like that. So we left for a little bit and thank goodness because I sitting in that waiting room alone, I saw people crying. Um, someone went in with an animal in a carrier. I'm going to assume cat. I don't know. Um, we saw when they left and they were not leaving happy. They were in tears. It was horrible. Um, but I saw, but the transaction part of it, I, yes. It, it, and it's not cheap. Yeah. Sorry about your loss. Is it Visa or MasterCard? Well, and it's, I don't know how they do it when it's, when they lose a pet. Like I didn't witness that, but even bringing a pet in, it's like who had a broken leg, for example, or something like that. They are a business and they need a deposit from you before they do whatever surgery might need to be done. Or dental work is an, was another popular one, by the way, a lot of dental work and, and pets in pain and they had to get teeth pulled. 
Uh, but it is a business. I mean, it is a business. That's how we run things. Like, I don't think we could ever put animals under, you know, our healthcare umbrella, for example. Gosh, that would get even more expensive. And then you look at insurance. But as dogs get older or either as puppies or as they get older, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Do you have Charlie on insurance? No, he's not we- insured. Yeah. I mean, I took I had Leo on insurance when he was a puppy and then I took him off once he was about one or two, just because I thought he's not going to get into as much shit now. He's calmed down a little bit, if you will, from that pu- from those puppy stages. But it gets expensive. I mean, we know someone who had a puppy who broke a leg, and I think he told me it was like four grand. Oh my god, four grand uh, to fix. Um, and and it's it's true. It's one of those things that I think when you decide to own an animal, you really have to remember you have to save money on the side for the animal because you never know what you're going to need for them. And I saw that in so many cases. Medication is another one. I saw someone coming in to pick up drugs that cost a hundred dollars, and she said she said see you in a couple weeks. And I thought, are you paying a hundred dollars every couple weeks for that medication? Probably because it's not covered. Or if you have an old animal, the insurance isn't worth it because you're paying out the ass for insurance anyway. It's a it's a hard it's a hard predicament to be in because you're going through so many emotional things and on t- it's almost like being in the states that's what they deal with all the time you know they're going through so many emotional things when a human is in the hospital plus it's a hey by the way you owe us and usually that's closer to like sixteen grand seventeen grand <laughs> twenty grand thirty grand uh, depending on what the situation is well, so hopefully they've got insurance then. Oh, for sure. But some people don't, right? Um, Anyway, similar to Pat. So if you've been through anything with your animal, um, just know that there are people out there that care. Because I will say, like, great things about the people there. And they they were updating us all through the day via text or call, which is awesome. But it's difficult and it's and it's expensive. Keep that in mind. You mentioned the traffic going west, and and most of the time the spotlight is on the traffic going east because, of course, Toronto is the center of the universe, and and people commute to Toronto from Kitchener-Waterloo, from Hamilton and Niagara, from even from London. There's some people commuting to Toronto every day. Uh, let's not forget Barrie or coming in from the east end. Mm-hmm. Everybody sort, sort of goes that way. But at the end of the day, we all go back home, and the traffic in the west end, for those who don't know the area, You've got this stretch between, say, Mississauga and Kitchener, and you go through Milton and you go through where Guelph meets Hamilton and and you just carry on on the highway. If there's even a fender bender, everybody is going to be two hours late to get home. It's insane. Because there's no other viable Uh alternative. There's no service roads. There's nothing. And they've been doing construction on it for, I want to say about 15 to 20 years now. (laughs) Honestly, though. And it's still not done. And frankly, I don't understand how this is allowed to happen. Like, there's no way. Just walk me through this. Let's say I'm a construction company and I go to Carolyn Mulrooney, the, the, uh, the Minister of Transportation, and I say, you know what? I'd like to bid on this project to widen the 401. I'm obviously going to have to have either the best price or the best timeline to get it done. And I'm going to have to use good materials because we don't want to have to do this every couple of years. Those would be the big three for me. Well, as it turns out, nobody seems to care about the materials because they do have to redo it every couple of years. And it's never done on time and it's never done on budget. Yeah. It's crazy to me. I would think that at this point in 2023, with all of the money that municipalities and provinces spend on roads and highways in this country, we should be good. We Mm -hmm. should have enough roads that are functional without being littered in potholes. There should be enough lanes that traffic just works. And yet here we are constantly scrambling to try and get people home faster. It's just not working. And it's a number of things, honestly, because it's, yes, absolutely. Construction's a big part of it and infrastructure and how it works is a big part of it. It's also people. 
Like I saw so many people not understanding how to drive. And the carpool lanes are slightly helpful. I will say like those, the new carpool lanes that were put in, newer, uh, they're slightly helpful, but some people still don't even understand how to operate. Like the, the most basic things, like not to drive in the far left lane, for example. Like, nope, there's still so many people that don't understand how that works. And people- How is that possible? How are there people out there that think it's okay to drive in the left lane? It's pass and then get back over. And get over. Why yeah. don't people understand that? I don't know, but I can't deal with it every day. Like if you commute every day, God bless you. God or whatever you believe in, may it bless you. Like honest to goodness, I could not do it and I don't understand how people do it. I would sit there and think like how much time I'm wasting in my life. Mm-hmm. Like what a waste of time. At that time, it's horrible. Like and, I, and I'm talking, we le- that was like between four and five o'clock. It wasn't even five o'clock yet. And it was insane. Yeah. I, I know it, it's awful. I feel bad for anybody who's got to do it. And I would encourage anyone who has any power over it to hurry up and prioritize this and stop dealing with construction companies. If you're even a day late later than you propose to finish that project, you should be fined up the ass until you're crying and don't ever want to bid on a contract again. And mm-hmm. maybe you shouldn't be allowed to bid on a contract again if you can't get shit done on time because some of these projects are going way too long. Um, billion things that we're going to try and get to in this episode. So I'm going to blow through a ton of them. You weren't here yesterday and God, I wish you were the blind side. Yeah. What actually happened here? I know you know more because I know the two E spoke yesterday. Yeah, they did. The attorney and I was following a, I was following along with it yesterday because the blind side's such a good movie. Right. And I think we all kind of got attached to the story. If you watch the movie, especially. And so for him, to come forward and say, yeah, I'm going to sue them. And they actually screwed me over. I had so many thoughts in my mind. I mean, it's, I think overall, it's hard to really figure out what happened because we're hearing a lot of he said, she said. So because we heard from him, we'll let you know that the family's lawyer uh, came forward and said that basically this is not the case at all. This is not true. Yes, they did put him in a conservatorship, but they agreed to it and they spoke about it. They let him know you're not going to be able to get you know, well, into college was one thing. A driver's license apparently was another. I had questions about that. I don't know what that means. Like, could he not get a driver's license without having a parent or guardian at the time? I suppose so, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know, I'm just assuming. Um, And a couple of other reasons why. Um, But the other thing is they said that the family would not have tried to take his money because they were already worth, I think they said tens of millions of dollars. They had a beautiful home they, and everything. And they wouldn't try to take his money. What would be the purpose of that? Um, and they're apparently heartbroken. They hope that they can mend things and they hope that he is okay. So that kind of hints to me that something's going on. Now, can I be completely honest? Yes. Because this is the podcast. Yeah. Can I, I got to be completely honest with you guys. And I th- might get some hate from this. Maybe I won't. I don't know. My first thought. It'll never trump the hate that I get from this. <laughs> you should see my fucking DMs in a day. My first thought. <laughs> Was he was an NFLer for how long? Uh, six, seven seasons. He won a Super Bowl. We got to be careful with what he thinks he knows. We know the whole concussion thing is a th- is a factor. Period. When it comes to football players, it's CTE is the medical condition. Yeah. I wonder if he's suffering from that. That's one of the things I thought of. Oh. I wonder if all of a sudden something's up with him and he's changed because we've seen it happen before. Many times. It's a fact, right? It's a scientific, there's an explanation for why these things happen. Is this happening to him was my first thought. That's my honest to goodness truth because it's such a, 
dangerous game in that way. It really is. And he played it for that long. It's possible that has something to do with it. And it's kind of fucking with him a little bit. See, the way I thought was, and this isn't exclusive to football, this is uh, more or less uh, an actor-actress or uh, a a pro sports thing. When you get that much money handed to you all at once, and it's coming in every year. Oh, you're going to sign for $3 a season. And then next year you get a bonus if you catch a certain number of passes or make a certain number of baskets. Yeah. These kids and their kids, when they get into the NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, mm-hmm. they're children, basically. Not children, they're kids, though. They're like early 20s, sometimes teenagers. When you hand them that much money and they haven't had enough time to figure out life or their priorities or investing and they don't have good financial advisors around them, it's real easy to blow through that money. Way easier than you might think to blow through that money. You know, they, they might have a nice McLaren in the driveway of their $3 million house, but you can't pay your hydro bill with a McLaren. And, and a lot of times pro athletes squander it all. There's also gambling. There's addiction issues. There's all sorts of stuff. And I'm not for a second saying that Michael Orr is involved in any of that. I'm just saying I definitely got the vibe when after all these years in retirement, he just came out and went after the family for money. I thought, did you blow all the money you made in the NFL? Because you should have, by my count, you should have made at least 20 million plus bonuses. And I don't know why he's going after them now for money. Well, and this is the thing. I think overall with this case, which I don't think it's an officially a counter situation, but um, I think that we need to just follow the money and we'll know. Did he squander away the money afterwards? The conservatorship's done, right? Or do we even have clarity with that? Well, as I understand it, the conservatorship is still in effect, but uh, Mr. Tui there said, we'll let him out of it. No problem. If he wants out, it's done. No problem. But he had never expressed that, partly because he didn't even find out till February that he had a conservator, not uh, adoptive parents. He thought he was adopted all this time. And a lot of people are asking questions like, how could you not know that you were signing a conservatorship? Yeah. And again, I go back to the kid thing. He would have been just 18. That was the reason why they couldn't formally adopt him because he was an adult at that time. But just because you're an adult doesn't mean you understand what's going on. The way they presented it to him was, you need to be part of us in order for us to sponsor you to go to Ole Miss. So we can't adopt, so we're going to do a conservator. That'll bring you into the family. Mm. That apparently is what was said, and I could see why he would think he was adopted. And what he was signing was consent for them to be his parents. In reality, it was consent for them to run his business affairs. And I don't even know how involved they were in his business affairs. This is the question I have because he doesn't specify they took all my money, right? He's not necessarily saying they took all my money. Uh, Here's what I think might be another. All signs are pointing to me like, yes, Deshaun and Leanne, Tui, they were made out to be kind of sketchy people. Even in the movie, they address that, by the way. Even in the movie, they address that people thought that they had ill intent by bringing him into the family and trying to use him for his talent. The, that was addressed in the movie. The NCAA questioned them yes, about that. Yes, they did. And and maybe right and maybe rightfully so. I don't know. But they stood by the fact that absolutely not, that is not the case. We weren't taking advantage of this person. But when it comes to the money, I am so curious because he obviously knew he was signing contracts with the NFL. What if you're signing stuff like that? Isn't it automatic that you'll know you'll have a conservatorship when you're signing those things because it's not going to you like it's or does everything get done like low key? Like, yes, it's going into this bank account, right? So this salary is going into this bank account, but low key, this bank account's being controlled by them over there, not him. There's no like to me, there's no way you can claim that they were controlling your money and you just fucking figured that out. There's no way. Hmm. 
I hadn't thought of it. Like I that. don't, you know what? I don't believe it. I, I just don't believe it. And that's why I'm leaning more towards, I'm not sure. I, we just need to follow the money trail. We need to follow the money yes. to, to learn more because that is going to make or break his case. You got to show us that you didn't get the money or what you spent your money on. Cause like you said, you're absolutely right. We've heard of so many athletes, young actors, whatever it is that come, even kids that get money from their parents passed down to them or their parents pass away, God forbid. And then they get this trust and they misuse it and abuse it. So we just, if I know that, then we'll know, we'll get a better, better picture of what's happening here. Toronto Mayor Olivia Chow says she supports changing the name of Dundas Street. We knew that. She mm-hmm. said before she supported it, and okay. she's doubling down now. Yesterday, Toronto City Council announced it was going to list, release the list of suggested replacement names for Dundas Street this fall. Okay. 23 kilometers of road where every sign has to be changed and every business and home on that street needs to be changed. Can I recommend one little thing? Why don't we just go Dundash and just add an H at the end of it and you just go around with H stickers and put that on all the street signs? Yeah. Could we just do something like that? Because that sounds like it's a little more affordable than the cost of this. $8.6 $8.6 million when the city has an estimated budget shortfall of one and a half billion. I, I can't, I can't understand it, Scott. I can't understand it. Okay. So what you just said made sense. If we absolutely have to change the name, okay, at an H, but that's still inconvenient. How many sure tens yeah. of thousands of people are affected by this? Because that's their address. Now they've got to change their address mm-hmm. everywhere mm-hmm. because of this. I really don't understand why when the city's got a one and a half billion dollar shortfall, they're even contemplating right now spending, well, they say 8.6, meaning it's going to be well north of $10 million to change the name of a street because you don't like the person's history. Well, uh, one thing I might suggest is, and I've done this before, it's just a common sense thing. The people who want Dundas Street renamed want it renamed because of Henry Dundas and his affiliation to the British Empire's transatlantic slave trade. Okay, you can still keep the name Dundas. It doesn't have to be in honor of Henry Dundas. You know, we could still celebrate. We don't need to change the name of Lake Simcoe because it's named after Lord Simcoe. It's just a name. We can symbolically say Dundas Street, is just Dundas Street in Toronto. It has nothing to do anymore. No meaning. With Henry Dundas. But we don't need to go and change the name and the infrastructure and waste everyone's time and money. It's so dumb. And it just goes to show you where their priorities are. So I'll say one thing about municipal government, not smart people, not when it comes to money. I, I, I see stuff like this. And when you're that far in the hole to even think of spending over $10 million on this seems crazy to me. The other day I was at the dog park. I was watching this poor girl, a teenager, obviously, cutting the grass at the dog park using a lawnmower that looked like it was out of the Sears catalog from the 50s. Oh, no. And and then I happened to look over and I realized, oh, she just drove here in an extended Ford F-150 crew cab. So think about this. We've got an $85,000 truck driving around a lawnmower that couldn't be worth more than 50 bucks on Facebook Marketplace and a trimmer that's probably worth 80. Wow. Why in the holy shit do we need an $85,000 truck hauling around one lawnmower and one trimmer and one person to cut the grass at a dog park? It's just asinine how stupid 
the priorities are for some of these yeah. people. And why are they not talking to each other? Why? How many trucks does that one municipality dude. have? And then the municipality right beside it's probably got the same amount. Why are we paying 85K? Mm-hmm. Brand new trucks, crew cab, the whole nine yards for one person and a lawnmower. It's crazy. It's crazy. How much cities waste money and they just unapologetically raise property taxes too. We've all had our property taxes raised. There's not a single municipality I can think of that hasn't. And there were substantial increases yep. this year. And they're probably com- more coming next year. What? How many F-150s brand new do you guys want to buy next year? Yeah. And you couldn't even get this poor girl a proper lawnmower? Not I'll, even a self-propelled one? I'll never understand it in business or in in the way cities and municipalities operate. And that's the taking from one budget. You can't ever take from one budget and put it in another. Or diminish some of this budget. But no, no, no. You have to spend X amount of money on this particular s- subject. Right. That's what it is. And if you don't spend it, you'll lose it. You won't get it next year. So we got to spend it on some ridiculous shit. Even though over there, they're hurting. They can't get enough money to run something properly. But over here, you got way more than enough. I don't understand how we can't just rejig the whole system. I don't get it. That's the thing, Kat. The whole thing needs to be rejigged. And, you know, you keep hearing the expression, there is one taxpayer, us. We pay for everything. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why there can't be with just one government then. One tax that you pay to one level of government and we can realize efficiencies. Maybe we can even share, you know, uh, uh, let's use two cities that are real close to each other. Cambridge, Kitchener and Waterloo. It's all the region of Waterloo, but the city of Cambridge has its own fleet. City of Kitchener has its own fleet. City of Waterloo has its own fleet. Yeah. Why are we doing that? Why? Yeah. How many of $85,000 trucks does each one of those cities own? And why did we need to do that? You're telling me that if we needed to move a lawnmower from one park to another, we couldn't have just waited for a truck to be free? Why did we go out and buy more? It's insane to me, Kat, how much money. They don't even think of it when they waste it either. It's just, well, okay, nope. sign the check and it's gone. No, nope. Got to use up that budget. Uh, okay, we talked about that. Uh, proposed class action lawsuit has been launched over the use of carding by Toronto police. This is an interesting one. The suit alleges that the practice of randomly stopping people and collecting their information continues to harm marginalized communities. Uh, the statement of claim is on behalf of all black and indigenous people who have been stopped by Toronto police or had their information collected without reason back to 2011. The police services board, even the federal defense minister, Bill Blair, who was the chief of police during carding, are named as defendants in this lawsuit. Didn't they stop carding? A long so time ago, So they stopped yeah. carding a long time ago, but these people are now stepping forward and saying, uh, and wanting to just speak their story? No, they want money. Or they just want money? They want money. Okay. Yeah, they want money. Yeah. I don't blame them. Shoot your shot. The worst the court can say is no. We just finished telling you how much money they waste. They'll absolutely spend something. Had you ever experienced carding? Mm-mm. So I'd never, never been- It was so bizarre to me. I was doing a ride along with Toronto police uh, many years ago. And we went into this real shady apartment building near High Park. And I was with the cops and, and, you know, they tell me, all right, just stay back or stay behind us and don't talk, you know, just basically shut the fuck up. So I did. <laughs> Be and, the wall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I was watching the officer very professionally dealing with uh, various members of this building. And they had a whole list of people that, that they wanted to do checks on and just make sure they were where they were supposed to be and all that sort of stuff. But they had a good relationship with the community. It was a good example of community policing. But I was watching one of the cops as he was talking to somebody and he was filling out this little card. So when we left the call, 
I asked him, hey, what were you writing down there when you were talking to that lady? And he said, it's a contact card. So when we come into contact with somebody, we write down their name, uh, any information we happen to get from them, like their address or their phone number mm-hmm. or whatever, but something else to identify them by and what exchange we had and where they were. And I said, okay, well, why do you do that? What, what's the relevance of that? And you know, what do you do with all those cards? You're probably going to have dozens of those by the end of the day. Does somebody put those in a computer? And he said, yeah, absolutely. Somebody puts that in a computer. It really makes it easy to keep an eye on what's going on in the city. So if I have a contact with a, I don't know, a known drug dealer over here and something goes down over there, I know that I had contact with this person here and they're not involved over there. Little things like that, that they use that information for. Mm, Now, if it turns out that there were far more black and indigenous people being carded, that's a problem. But I don't necessarily think the information they got out of it, the intelligence, you will, I don't think it made the city any less safe to have that information. It seemed like a pretty practical thing the way it was explained to me. But I also fully understand it's very invasive if a cop just comes up to you and says, what's your name? What are you doing here? Why are you here? Where are you going after this? Because they're trying to find out information. Well, and some people maybe did abuse it, right? That were working. Uh, You know, we don't know. There probably was one of those situations where the majority were fine and doing it in the appropriate way and being professional and everything else. And maybe there's a couple rotten apples, right? We're uh, doing it the wrong way. Uh, possibly, you yeah. Know? They're just well, everybody's just humans at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see where this class action goes because I have a feeling they've got a pretty strong case. I mean, yeah. it is kind of invasive to be asked that sort of thing. Uh, how do you feel about Netflix launching gaming in Canada? They started an experiment on Monday for some Canadians where you can play games on your TV now through Netflix. They're going to do the launch on computers in the next few weeks. It'll include the adventure game Oxen Free and the gem mining arcade mm-hmm. game Molha's Mining Adventure. One thing, we do this with our remotes, right? I guess. Uh, like that's like, come up with a controller. If you want to go all in Netflix, go all in. None of this, I'm not doing that on my remote control. I have a hard enough time doing like the the choose your own adventure shit that they do because <laughs> I sit there with a the remote in my hand like, no, thank you. But if they if they could come up with their own controller that made sense, then I could see this potentially being a, a big thing for them, especially when it gets so competitive. Streaming in general, right? So competitive. If they can have a sidebar where it's like, are you here to stream on Netflix or are you here to play a game? And then you're able to upload games and you have your own remote for that. Eh, I don't think it's such a bad idea. I'm curious to see how the test goes for them. Yeah, I, I think there's nothing wrong with it. A little competition in the... It's hard to keep up though, right? It's hard, it's a competitive industry, the gaming industry as well. Very competitive. I don't know how competitive they even want to be, but um, if they're thinking that they want to be like one of those household like gaming systems, like your PS4s and your Xbox Ones or Switches, yeah, good luck. It's very competitive. It's very. I, I don't know who plays this and why. I don't know. There are so many options we've got to game right now. And I mean, for me... This is shit. Like, I would a hundred times out of a hundred right? rather play my PlayStation yeah. than a game on TV through Netflix. It just seems weird. Yeah. And if I really am bored or I'm out somewhere and my console's not with me, then maybe I'll throw a, a game up on my phone. I don't see myself ever sitting on the couch playing a Netflix game with a remote. Like I said, with the, it's the remote thing that throws me. Like, if you want, like, go in. Don't don't bother. This is like half-ass. Get a, get a proper controller. Be like, we're launching the Netflix controller or whatever you want to call it. And, and when you go on your Netflix account, you can either stream or game and, and you choose your, choose your fun that way. I don't know. <laughs> we're running out of time. So we're going to go real quick on these next few. 
Um, if you could go back and witness with your eyes any event in history or era, where would you go? 20s, 1920s. Sorry, we're in the 20s. 1920s. 100 years. Why? Um, I, that whole flapper time seems like a good time. Um, I would definitely want to take part in all those parties. I'd love to see what like really, really busy cities that we know of now, like Toronto, New York City, all those places be so like kind of barren and quiet. Like, I think that would be like unreal. Toronto with no CN Tower yeah, or Rogers Center. So weird, right? Yeah. Like, I, I just feel like that would kind of, that would be neat and, and fun. Like I said, it's actually, it was a really fun time, even though they had like the prohibition and everything else. Um, for the most part, it seemed like it was it seemed like it was a good time. So I would go there. Interesting. Uh, they asked a whole ton of people this question, and the results are a little surprising. First place was a tie between ancient Egypt and the American Revolution. Oh, oh. Okay. The American Revolution. Right. I mean, oh. just watch Outlander and you'll get the Coles notes. Uh, ancient Egypt. That's kind of cool. It's kind of fascinating. Yeah. We, there's a lot of unknowns with ancient Egypt. And I'm not going to pretend to be an expert in this in the whole subject. But from what I know, we don't have a lot of understanding of how they were able to do the things they did. There's still a lot of mystery surrounding the pyramids, for example, and so many other ways of life for them, right? Well, if you went back in time, you could actually watch the aliens yeah. build the pyramids. <laughs> there it is. There uh, it is. The rest of the top picks in order were ancient Greece... That would be cool, actually. Ancient Greece. Totally. Again, it's one of those like historical, amazing moments, bu building everything that they built there. The Viking Age, Italy during the Renaissance, uh -huh. Europe during World War II, maybe. Dangerous, but maybe. Uh, Normandy on D-Day. No, what the hell? Guys. Guys. Yeah, maybe from above, but no, I'm not going to get down there on the not ground. Not even though. That's, if you want to be traumatized for life, because you even understand what happened. That was like the water was blood. The water was red. No. And the fall of the Berlin Wall in 1989. They must have oh. asked a lot of young people. I mean, you don't really have to go back in time for that. I watched it on TV. You can find that on YouTube, can't you? It is still on YouTube, is it too. There? I believe so, okay. yeah. Um, nobody said, like, the moon landing or the, the birth it, of Christ, the, Woodstock, anything. Because a couple of those things never happened. <laughs> oh. You can go ahead and ask her which ones. <laughs> I'm not telling you. The, the atomic bomb, the first one being dropped. That seems scary to me. Like, I don't want a scary time. Like, did you hear what I just said? I said I want to be in the 20s when they fucking partied. Like, I don't want any of that shit. I don't want to be involved in a mob. I don't want to see shooting. I don't want to see violence. I, I, I'm not interested in witnessing any of that. Even though it is important moments in history, not interested. What about when the asteroid hit and took out the dinosaurs? The beginning of the ice Again, age. No, that no, man. I'm really, I'm thinking it's still gonna ha it's gonna happen soon. It might happen in my lifetime anyway. I'll just wait and see what happens here. MLK's "I Have a Dream" speech. That would be a cool, like motivating moment. But it's also um, looking us learning about it now is so different than living in that moment. You didn't realize the kind of what would come of that speech. Witnessing it be very cool if you could be there just in that moment of speech and then get back out. But it was a really contentious time. It was a really tough time in in humanity. So I think that although it would be great to be there in person, knowing what you know now, it wasn't a speech that was made um, in a time where everyone was chill and relaxed and, and happy, right? That was It was a very important speech, for sure, that would give you chills in person, I'd imagine. Absolutely. I love but I think, good speeches. But I think like looking yeah. back at it now, and again, you can find that on YouTube. <laughs> you can, for sure. I know that for a fact. Even watching it now gives you chills. So I couldn't imagine being there in person watching it. So that would be an interesting one for yeah, sure. You're right. The people there probably didn't know what a historical no, moment that right? would be. That's the thing is when you're living in those moments, and not that I know a lot about living in all of those moments, 
obviously, but when you're living in them, you don't realize the impact sometimes that they have. You're just living in, in a lot of cases, it's fear or unknown. Uh, it's not actually the feelings that we feel now thinking about those moments. Two more things. No more than 90 seconds per topic because we okay. got to run. All right. Stats can. July inflation numbers are out. Shit. A- after taking a victory lap in June when the inflation rate was 2.8%, the government is now probably deeply embarrassed to find out it climbed back up again to 3.3%. 8.5% on groceries alone. Gas and housing also bit up inflation. Economists say it's now likely the Bank of Canada will raise rates for an 11th time in September. Okay, I can be short on this subject. They're pieces of shit. Next. Yes, they are. <laughs> the FDA has approved what the makers of this call the first innovation in tampons in 90 years. Not to the applicator, but to the tampon itself, the cotton part. It is two students, Greta and Amanda, who were taking a class at Stanford, and as a class project, they invented a new type of tampon. It's spiral. And the reason it comes up today is because they just received FDA approval. It will be on the market by the end of the year. They have 11 patents in America so that nobody else can copy their design. The sequel spiral tampon. So apparently, and I'm just going off of what I've heard. I don't think I've ever actually looked that closely at a tampon. Yeah, I'm just actually Googling it as we speak so that we can try to explain how this works because I'm curious about the application process of this. Well, they say with normal tampons, the cotton has vertical grooves around it that run lengthwise. Instead of this one, or instead this one has grooves that spiral all the way around. They say that's important because it makes them absorb more evenly and makes them far less likely oh, to leak. Oh, I'm looking at it now. Okay, so when you said spiral at first, I don't know why I was picturing like more of a a triangle shape. That's not the case at all. No, it's it, like a wrap around kind of just deal. the way that it it's just the way that it wraps and they say it absorbs better. Okay, great. Uh, all right. Do, do people have to buy this patent or you buy sequel like you had to buy sequel on the shelf or can like tampex come along and try to nab this okay so right now sequel will be the ones to make it if tampax or any of the other competitors decide well we want to make a spiral oh, one too they fucking will then sequel's got the patent on it so they'd have to buy the patent or the availability or license it from sequel i don't know how it's all going to work but these two girls their class project at stanford it's going to make them billionaires and, and by the way, for them, oh my, and I love when people think outside the box of revolutionizing something or changing something that's been around for that many years, 90 years. You said that there hasn't been a change in tampons. No, they've been basically since the same for invent- 90 years since they were invented, I assume, right? Yeah. Cause they weren't, they're not that old. They've changed the applicators, but the actual tampons themselves have never changed. Yeah. Th- I mean, that's incredible to even think outside the box there and be like, mm, we it's in the box. It goes in the in box. The box huh? <laughs> but even to think like these aren't the best. You know what I mean? These are not doing what I think that they could do. How can we change it? That's pretty good for them. They deserve it. Can I have permission to go an extra 30 seconds? Because I know I said 90 per topic. I'm going to go 30 more seconds. It's 2023. It is absolutely shocking that with a straight face, they still charge for these products, which are absolutely necessary for females and their reproductive health. It is crazy that yeah. women have to pay for tampons mm-hmm. and pads and, and anything else. It should be free or it should be covered. It should be easy to get and they should be available everywhere. We shouldn't be charging money for tampons. Yeah. 
And if you guys can get behind me on that and we can make that change, I will consider it a dub. Yeah, just to go back to the beginning of this podcast, too, we were talking a little bit more about how much money the government wastes. Hmm. There's a thought. Why don't you put it into something that's going to help a lot of people save some money? A lot of people. Half the population yeah. at some point will need one. Yeah. Got to go, everybody. Have a great Wednesday. Uh, tomorrow, if you want to listen to our radio shows, LL Cool J is going to be on. In the morning, he'll be on at 8.15 on 91.5 The Beat and Energy 95.3. He'll be on a little after 7 p.m. on Fresh 93.1 in Barrie. We could even throw it on the on the pod tomorrow if you wanted to, just for people who are checking out the show on Saturday night, because it's going to be an incredible show. We'll see. You listen to the radio. You know what? And the well, we want you to listen to the radio show, because it's going to be great. Oh, oh, actually, you know what? What? Definitely listen to the radio show. In the morning, we're going to give away tickets as well. There you go. See? All the reason to do that and then listen to it again at the end of tomorrow's podcast, maybe. (laughs) Listen to me making work for everybody around here. Okay, have a good one, everybody. Bye.